Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am Paul Caputo, minor league baseball correspondent for sportslogos.net, broadcasting live, as always, from the Helmet Sunday Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the Gwinnett Stripers, which is one of the most sort of fun and creative new brands out there in minor league baseball. I am wearing my lime green Gwinnett Stripers cap right now because I love lime green caps. I've got a whole bunch of them on the wall behind me here. The Gwinnett Stripers, they were the Richmond Braves when I was in Richmond. And then in 2009, that franchise moved to Gwinnett, Georgia, just down the street from the Atlanta Braves. They were the Gwinnett Braves. And then for reasons that we'll get into, they changed from the Gwinnett Braves to the Gwinnett Stripers for lots of reasons and lots of good reasons, I think. I'll be speaking with Pat Larson from the Minor League Baseball Hat History Series later in this episode because it is Curved Brim Media Month here on the Baseball by Design podcast. I'll be speaking with Jason Klein from Brandios because this is another Brandios project. Great work by them as always. And right now, I'm very pleased to be joined by North Johnson, who was the general manager of the franchise beginning in 2010, the year after they moved from Richmond up until 2019. And North was involved with overseeing the the, the nickname change and the, the whole brand change. And so, North Johnson, thank you so much for being here. Oh, great to be with you this morning, Paul. Thank you. I have to tell you, full disclosure, I'm a Phillies fan. And this, uh, so we need to end the interview now, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's this is important because I'm wearing a Gwinnett Stripers cap right now, and I can tell you, I lived in Richmond for 10 years when I was there. The Richmond Braves were also there, and I never developed an attachment to that team because they were the Richmond Braves, right? They had my they had a, the, the, the logo of a division rival of my favorite team as their, their logo. The Gwinnett Braves, you know, the same thing. When I went to a Gwinnett Stripers game, I bought a t-shirt and I bought a cap and I've got the, the, the Helmet Sundays back in the collection here. And it's because it was easier for me to disassociate the Stripers from the Braves because they didn't have the same brand. So before we get into the specifics of, of, of the, the brand itself, can you talk about the reasons for switching from the, you know, the parent club nickname to a unique nickname for the Gwinnett community? Sure. Happy to do that. Again, thanks for having me on. Um, I mean, first and foremost, when the, when the team was in Richmond being called the Braves, even though, you know, Phillies fans like yourselves didn't buy into the team, it truly gave that team a connection to the Atlanta Braves. And in, in, in those days, Atlanta was on TBS. I mean, they were, they were America's team, if you will. And so for Richmond, it gave them a lot of cachet, if you will, in the community about being affiliated with a major league ball club. Um, and the fact they had guys like Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Javi Lopez, uh, you know, on and on and on, the number of guys that, that played in Richmond that went on to went on to Atlanta. Um, but when the team moved to Gwinnett, which is literally 35 miles from Turner Field at the time and 36 miles from from the, the new Truist Park, um, all of a sudden, you know, the, the the area the lines became very gray. You know, there wasn't the the, the, the delineation between you know, which Braves team was which. And, and so we needed our own identity. Um, like, like any business, you want to make sure your identity, you know, represents who you are, what you're doing. Um, and, and, you know, and a lot of people don't understand when we say we needed our own identity because there were a lot of folks who loved the fact that we were the Gwinnett Braves. There were also a lot of folks who, who couldn't, couldn't, um, discern the difference between the Atlanta Braves and the Gwinnett Braves because they would just read Braves. Mm -hmm. And so 
uh, I, you know, I, I would be in meetings with folks and go, oh my gosh, you're the GM of the Braves. This is phenomenal. <laughs> you know, tell me how you got Chipper to sign his last contract. <laughs> and I was going, no, you're, you know, not even close on that one. You know, this is a triple A team and Gwinnett. And literally the conversation would stop within like 15, 20 seconds because they were no longer interested in talking to me because, you know, they, di they didn't understand that the Gwinnett Braves were even a team or anything else. Um, so there, a lot of it was just wanting to uh, form our own identity, um, giving our fans our own name, our own moniker, our own logos to, to cheer for and, and for fans like yourself, because again, the Atlanta area is such a melting pot. There are a lot of folks from, from Philadelphia, New York, um, Boston, you know, all the areas that, that you know, were very, very um, centric to their fan base, um, didn't want to buy Braves uh, labeled merchandise, but they would love to buy a Stripers uh, brand. And, that, and that's proven itself out. Um, you know, the first year, and I don't want to get ahead of you, but- Oh, that's the okay. First, first year of our logo, we were in the top 25 in, in, uh, in merchandise sales, which, a Braves themed team other than the big leagues had never been. Mm -hmm. We were their first minor league franchise to, to crack that top 25. Yeah. Um, and in years since um, I've been to a couple of games this, this past year and you're already seeing more and more fans, you know, you see the green, you see, you see the, the stripers uh, logos within the stands so much more now than we did say four or five years ago in, in 2018. So, so our, our, our dreams of, of this becoming, you know, its own identity, its own mark, and, and something for Gwinnett to stand alone with has, has truly taken form. Sure. Yeah, well, and, you know, the Braves the Braves and the Cardinals, to me, are sort of the, the poster children for major league teams that have minor league affiliates named for their parent clubs. The Braves obviously still have the Rome Braves and the Mississippi Braves, but they've got the Augusta Green Jackets and, and Gwinnett Stripers, both with green logos, interestingly. So in choosing the, the Stripers name itself, I mean, obviously this was, I sort of, I thought hilariously, nobody else laughed, but I thought it was hilarious when I called it a bait and switch because it's a fish theme, right? Uh, the, the other finalists in the Name the Team contest, or well, the finalists in the Name the Team contest were the Buttons, the Gobblers, the Hush Puppies, the Lamb Chops, the Sweet Teas, and the Big Mouths. And I guess Big Mouths technically won and then, you know, Brandios being Brandios, there were some machinations behind the scene and there were discussions. And at the last second, Stripers, which was not one of the finalists, was announced as the team name. Can you tell me how that came to pass? Sure. Um, uh, and, and the reality is it came down to Hush Puppies or, or Big Mouth. Okay. Um, our concern with Hush Puppies was the shoe brand and, and we might get some cease and desist <laughs> notifications <laughs> right off the bat. Um, <clears throat> those of us that were involved in the, in the process loved Big Mouth. I mean, it was, it was a form of fish again in the South. It's a, it's a colloquial term for, for fit for, you know, a, a striped bass. Mm -hmm. We just thought it would be so much fun for our fans to be able to say, we're the big mouse. You can't, you can't out cheer us. You can't out shout us. We're the big mouse. And, and I had even run it by a few of our players uh, on that 17 team and they loved it. They thought big mouse would be great to, to, to have, you know, in the front of their jerseys. Um, so, um, so we were, we were trending in that direction. Well, we started to do some, some subtle uh, conversations within the community and, and, it wasn't very well received. Um, and frankly, there were some folks within the Braves organization that, that didn't like that name either. Um, mm. 
They just thought it was too far away from, because again, we were owned by the Braves at the time. They thought it was too far away from, from what the Braves represented. Um, so, so we said, well, we've, we've come down, we've come this far, you know, we've got to come up with something else. And I think mm -hmm. it was either Jason or Casey said, well, you know, a big mouth is basically a, a striped bass. Mm -hmm. How about stripers? Mm -hmm. And we said, well, that's, that kind of takes care of, of, of all our concerns because we can, we can, we can uh, push the narrative that big mouse was the name, but it wasn't readily acceptable. Whereas stripers, you know, everyone knows striped bass are up in Lake Lanier. There's a great tie in there. Um, you know, there, there's, it's, it, again, it won't, it won't be the, you know, it won't be the aha moment like trash pandas or you know, some of those were, but it'll still be an effective name and it'll still be our name. Um, and so, uh, so again, uh, to, to, to appease all the folks who needed to be appeased, uh, we, we went with stripers. Um, and again, our fans immediately, you know, took to it. Obviously there were some naysayers, um, as there always are going to be, mm -hmm. but, uh, but again, it was very well received and, and, uh, you know, we're, we're still, still very pleased after, you know, after four or five years that, that that's the direction we went in. Sure. Well, it's, it's a fun brand and, one of the things that Brandios does is that they create a suite of logos with sort of lots of different versions of the marks. This one, you know, has different different permutations of the fish going after a a bait, uh, you know, a fishing line with a a little baseball on the end of it. The sort of you know furrowed brow and the the menacing look on on the fish. But then there's also one that's kind of adorable, which is like a little fishing hook. With a a little a little worm character, you know, this sort of very vulnerable looking little worm character, but he's got the uh, you know the little brandiose grimace on him there. So, it's a fun suite of logos. The lime green color. Can you talk to me about where the lime green color came from? Uh, yes. Again, this this is from the creative mind of Casey White. Um, Casey wanted to do a color that wasn't out there yet. Mm -hmm. um, that that's the great thing about both Jason and Casey. They're always pushing the envelope. Um, you know, they're always wanting to do new and creative things, ideas. Um, and, and Jason's mantra to Sherry and I, Sherry was our assistant GM, Sherry Massengill. It was always be brave, not as in the Atlanta Braves, but just yeah, literally brave. don't be braves anymore. <laughs> be, yeah, be brave in the process because there's going to be naysayers. There's going to be, going to be, you know, arrow shot at you. Be brave because the more people who don't like it, the more successful it's going to be. And that's been, that's kind of been their mantra. Yeah. So while this lime green color um, uh, was, was unseen, um, you know, in the minor leagues at that time, we said, yeah, let's, if we're going to go, let's go all in, you know, let's, let's jump, let's jump feet first without thinking. <laughs> and uh -huh. so, uh -huh. um, so again, you know, we, we give those guys the credit for, for presenting the options to us and, and then, and then us all agreeing that this was a good way to go. Okay. So that's not, I, you know, I, so I'm not a big fisherman here, so that's not the color of a, of a striped bass, that lime green there. No. And, and again, that was a lot, a lot of our, a lot of our friends who were, you know, very avid fishermen made sure to point that out to us. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not even a color of a, of a real striped bass. What are you doing? You're, you know, you're sacrilegious. I mean, again, it's, it's part of that, you know, being brave process that you have to, you have to take the slings and arrows from a lot of folks. A lot of folks were mad that we changed the name. A lot of folks were mad that the colors weren't, you know, indicative of what a real striped bass is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, 
but it's the same folks who, you know, who, who didn't like the trash pandas, who didn't like mm-hmm. the flying squirrels, who didn't mm-hmm. like, you know, all the other phenomenal names that are out there that, right. that have given those teams national recognition. You're, you're just naming teams that have been catchy enough that they're ones I've already featured on the podcast, right? Like all the, all the fun names out there are the <laughs> ones they didn't like. The, uh, it makes me think, though, maybe if you did catch a fish that was that color, maybe throw that one back just in case. That's, uh, you know, you're not going to eat the lime green striped bass. Yeah, that might be when you'd catch in Lake Chernobyl. So, <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me just because you know you were there and uh, you were the general manager of the team when this when this took place? You've since retired. Congratulations. The, what was the reaction from fans? You, you know, the year of in in twenty eighteen, right? Was the first year that you played as the Stripers. What was right. what was the reaction during twenty eighteen from fans at the ballpark or in the community? I would say the majority of our fans that, that came out regularly uh, really liked it. Mm-hmm. They, they liked, they liked, because again, I think everybody's biggest fear is the unknown. And their unknown was, where, where were we going to go with this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, um, uh, uh, so I think there, were, there was, there was uh, happiness in the color scheme. There was happiness in the logo. I mean, there was, there was the name they thought was really cool. Obviously, a lot of people wanted to put a second P on there and make a lot of fun of us, you know, um, which we said, hey, if that helps us sell tickets, then we'll do it. You know? <laughs> your your own social media team has joked about that on Twitter. Right. Before, you exactly. Know? So, well, for it's, sure. Again, it's it's one of those pieces where, you know, if if you can make fun of yourself, then then you can defray a lot of the mm-hmm. a lot of the slings that are coming your way. Um you know, it's, it's about having thick skin and also having fun with it. And so, um, so again, I think, I think it, it allowed not only us, but also, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the ones who followed us, it gave them opportunities to have a lot of fun with it too. Sure. The, the stripers actually for a long time held a, a pretty special place in my heart because listeners, regular listeners to the podcast will know that I do a, a road trip with my college buddies, you know, every year, we go to four minor league games in four different cities uh, in four days. And in 2019, the, the final stop on our baseball Palooza trip was the Gwinnett Stripers. Uh, we flew into and out of Atlanta. So that made that real easy. Little did we know at the time, and it was a great experience, right? Like we, there were 10 of us, we got picked out of the crowd to go down on the field and do a, a, a tug of war between innings. And that was really fun. And so, you know, it was a really fun experience. We sort of, we sort of crushed the team store, got in there and bought up a bunch of merchandise. Little did I know at the time that that would be the last minor league game that I would go to for well over a year and a half, because that was the last game I went to before the COVID pandemic came. And so I remember for the longest time during COVID, you know, that was the, the freshest minor league baseball memory that I had was a Sunday afternoon at a, at a Gwinnett Stripers game. And so, you know, as, as, a, as a Phillies fan, it sort of tweaked me a little bit, but, you know, it was, it was such a positive experience and, and, you know, such a great ballpark and a fun logo that it was, you know, it's, it was okay. And I have several of the, the Stripers helmet Sundays in the collection out there in the basement behind me so that they, you know, the logo looks great on a helmet Sunday. So it's, you know, like, like I say, it's a really fun logo and it's a fun story. Before I let you go here, though, is there anything that I'm not asking about this brand that, that listeners of a podcast about minor league baseball logos and their connections to the communities should know? I think it just comes down to um, each minor league team wants to have their own identity. You know, again, we were owned by the Braves. So as I said earlier, it made sense to be Braves for a while. But ultimately, no matter what team you no matter what team you are or where you are, 
you want to have your own identity and you want your fans to be able to associate themselves with you. That's what minor league baseball is. It's about providing fun to the, to the community, being a part of the community, um, and then allowing all those fans, whether they're, you know, season ticket holders or the fans who come out two or three times a year, giving them that, that connection with the team and that identifiers with the team. Um, and, and that's truly what we were trying to accomplish, you know, with the stripers in Gwinnett. And again, um, you know, 99% of the credit goes to, goes to Jason and Casey. Um, they, they were the creative guys. They, they pushed us on a lot of our decisions. They made us be brave. And um, again, can never thank them enough for, for the work they put into it. Well, like I said, Jason's coming up next year. So I'll talk to him about this brand and their, their work on it. I know that you are, you are happy to be relaxing out of the front offices of baseball teams right now, but are you, are you on social media? Is there anywhere where uh, listeners of the podcast can find you or should I just have them leave you alone? Um, I, I'm on social media, but I'm not overly active. Um, I, I figure, you know, people probably could care less what my opinions <laughs> are about anything right now. I didn't care a lot about it when I was working. So I think they probably care less now. Um, but yeah, I'm on, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of it. Um, What's your but Twitter I'm, handle? I'm typically, uh, it's, uh, it's N O J O H N 82. Well, North Johnson, thank you so much. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of your morning to come talk to me. And it's been a pleasure. And this is a, a, a really fun brand. And like I said, as a Phillies fan wearing a triple a Braves affiliates hat, you guys really accomplished something, uh, in, in my mind. <laughs> so thanks uh, that, very that much. tells me mission accomplished. So thanks again, Paul, for having me on today. All right. Thank you, North. Have a great one. Right, take care. All right, everyone, welcome back. Once again, so thrilled to be joined by my friend Jason Klein, who is a regular, I mean, officially, like, possibly the most regular of regulars on the Baseball by Design podcast. I'm always, like, coming over to your place and just knocking <laughs> on your door and saying, Paul, let me in. Let's talk about logos. <laughs> let's, let's have an adult beverage and, and talk about uh, minor league baseball. Logo. I love this idea so much. Like, have a have a beer and an ice cream helmet at a baseball game with uh, with Jason Klein. How much fun would that be? Jason, we're talking about the Gwinnett Stripers right now who are who perpetrated the biggest minor league baseball logo heist in history by naming their team something that wasn't one of the five finalists in the uh, in the name the team contest. Yes. The old the old bait and switch here. So oh, the 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 yeah. finalists in the name the team contest were the Big Mouths, right? the Buttons, the Gobblers, the Hush Puppies, the Lamb Chops and the Sweet Teas and so they do the announcement and we're the Gwinnett Stripers. That's right. Yeah. You know, in our research, we obviously hush puppies. We're all like Southern team names. Um, you know, the sweet teas, I think was one of them that didn't make the list, but the idea was like, how do we tell the story of Gwinnett? And Gwinnett is right by Lake Lanier, um, great fishing lake. Um, and it was all about like the outdoors and ultimately, um, the, uh, the big mouths won the contest, but, uh, you know, we just kind of sat down and we talked to the Braves ownership and we all kind of like got together. And at some point it was, uh, we liked this idea of the bass fishing. Uh, we liked the idea of the connection to Lake Lanier. It feels right, but the name might need a little adjustment. Mm -hmm. Um, so we looked at names like the Lunkers. Um, that was one that didn't make the cut. And ultimately, uh, the striped bass was such a part of, um, the culture that we said, let's, Let's call them the Stripers. And so um, that was one of the things where it was inspired by a name that was selected by um, the community. 
but um, we just we, we we had to dial it in a little bit. You know, my favorite instance of this kind of story is this will be for another episode. But when that happened with the Rocky Mountain vibes, that yes. uh, that's as as much fun a story as as, as yes, you're gonna. It's a good story. It's a good story. Good and story. I I can't, I can't wait to share the uh, E uh, True Hollywood story. <laughs> that'll that'll be a great episode. Yes. But with the with the stripers, I mean, I know there's there's often a double entendre with these names, right? Like, so right. is there a double entendre with the word stripers? Is there like a baseball significance to to stripers? We knew we could get okay. We, know we can do striped socks like uh, the Cardinals do. We, we yeah. realized that like okay, there's a lot of we could do pinstripes. Yeah. So there's a lot of stripes that came into the brand, and um, you know we 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 you know one of the other things that was challenging was we've talked a lot about um, the underdog mentality, or or Chuck Domino uses the uh, the term the uh, the creature that is vulnerable and making it uh, what's the word ferocious ferocious right and Chuck is the godfather of, of minor league baseball marketing um, and and you know the fish is kind of a teeth and nails animal. It's not mm -hmm. inferior. And so that's when we brought in a secondary logo, which became a hot seller, which is this um, fish, uh, not fish, a uh, fish hook with the worm on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, that's uh, a fun one. Yeah, so so even if we can't, even if the, the hood ornament is the fish, that's a more teeth and nails type of creature, we made it minor league baseball fun by bringing the worm into the into the brand. I mean, is there anything more vulnerable than a worm on a fish hook, right? Like, I mean, I mean that's a... <laughs> terrified. I would be terrified. This uh, one of the interesting things about this brand is is I don't know that I would eat a fish I caught if it were that color of green. Where did this? Uh, I don't think that green is typical of striped bass, is it? That is a great question. Um, I know obviously when we went in, it was like, all right, we got Braves red. Braves blue, um, and I think we we obviously wanted to select a color that was going to differentiate it, because yeah. um, it's not you know the other thing too is about the green it's not a it's not a typical green it's a little bit of a sort of a washed out green so yeah. you're not going to necessarily um, uh, or at the time you weren't going to get uniforms from it necessarily now they've since you know got that color. Um, yeah. But it wasn't readily available that shade of green, so we knew it was going to be embroidery ink. It was going to be a, a you know sort of a zing color, um, but I think it was more outdoors focused. Um, maybe the ballpark architecture had it already inside, so we wanted to make sure it felt like the stripers had always existed in that ballpark. So right. So you you mentioned you you made a sort of a sort of oblique reference to this, and I think it's sort of important for this brand. I lived in Richmond for ten years, went to school there, worked there a little bit. I was there when the Richmond Braves were there. I'm a Phillies fan. I never connected with the minor league team. I would go because I liked, you know, I liked minor league baseball. But I mean, as you've said before, right? Like buying a ticket's easy. It's not a commitment. Buying swag, buying a t-shirt, buying a cap, that's a commitment because you're going to walk around advertising that team. I'm a Phillies fan. I'm never going to wear something that says Braves on it, right? What do you think is, is the value for a minor league team having its own identity uh, as compared to adopting its parents, its parent club. I mean, it's, it's super valuable. And I think the reason is it opens up to a broader audience, exactly like you said. So if you're in a major metropolitan market, Atlanta, uh, Tampa Bay, you're probably not necessarily from that city. 
-hmm. you probably grew up somewhere else. You maybe uh, have come to, you know, for a job or family or you transplant for some reason, and you already have your favorite team. I remember uh, a great story that I heard uh, from John Timberlake, who's the GM down in Clearwater. And he said, you know, the Clearwater Phillies were in Tampa Bay. Uh, now we're the Clearwater Threshers mm -hmm. and they're owned by the Phillies. Yeah. And there was a, uh, there was a, like a street market, if you will, in Clearwater. So we're in Tampa Bay, we're in Ray's country. And all of a sudden somebody comes up and there's two pocket schedules at the Threshers table. There's a Philly spring training pocket schedule and there's a Threshers uh, uh, schedule. And that fan was a Rays fan. And he looks at both of those schedules and goes, I hate the Phillies, <laughs> but I love the Threshers. <laughs> and so he grabs the Threshers pocket schedule. And yeah. that's the great part about it is there's no way we would have made that, um, that, that Rays fan a Phillies fan. Yeah. And if you want to go into the business of it, we want that Rays fan to come to our, our games. And yeah. if, if the Phillies brand is a barrier for that person to come and spend money with us, yeah. we should get that out of the way. And yeah. on the local, you know, obviously he identified deeply with Clearwater and the beach and the Threshers uh, brand and the Sharks and the Florida lifestyle. And in a way that he could buy into that and, and again, it's still the same organization with the Phillies and the Threshers, yeah. but it's you. It's a great way to open your um, business up to more people who are not from your area. Well, I'm a case study in this because we went in 2019 as part of our baseball Palooza road trip that I do. We had 10 guys who went to this ball game who probably would not have if it had been the Braves. And then we all went in there. I mean, I'm, you know, like I said, a Phillies fan. I'm in the, the, the Gwinnett Stripers store buying a t-shirt. I've got the lime green cap. Right. And so, so, you know, it's a fun brand. It's a minor league baseball brand. And the fact of the parent club really doesn't matter that much to me, even at right. the AAA level, even 25 right. miles outside of Atlanta. Yeah. So, so this team and, and I are a case study in exactly what you're describing there. So that's, I mean, I, I knew, I knew what your answer was going to be, but I wanted to ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's this sort of uh, the conversation always goes, how do we tell the local story and how do we make it deeply relevant to locals? But also you, you can't have a, um, you can't have a, a brand that gets into the, uh, what we call the Brandio seven figure club that does mm -hmm. Uh, a million dollars in retail sales without getting national sales. Right. And, you know, the, the question is, well, wait a second, like, why do we care about retail sales? Why do we care about national sales? And the reality is um, for that brand to grow and to be successful, we need to bring fans in of the brand outside. Um, and if we, uh, you know, and, and listen, you know, if you can't come to a game, but you can still support the team, that's really important for the business. So, we're always thinking about folks just like you, Paul. Yep. <laughs> well, I appreciate I appreciate that you're thinking about me. <laughs> I can assure you I'm never buying a Mississippi Braves hat on National Hat Day for sure. So <laughs> well, we'll have to figure that one out. We'll have to figure that one out. You gotta get those guys. Well, this this brand, obviously, I mean, I love the lime green. I love the, you know, the 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 this cartoon fish. I mean, everything about this brand is is fun. I one of the things, you know, my my sort of hidden love in in graphic design is typography. And the type as image on the 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 logo that you where you have the the G as a home plate and the fish jumping through the G. That's one of my my favorite in in this suite of logos. 
Yeah, and that's because, you know, again, not every fan's gonna love every logo. Mm -hmm. So you want something for everybody. And in this case, we wanted, um, you know, if, you know, if you're going, hey, I'm diehard Gwinnett. I'm born and raised, I love Gwinnett. Um, we wanna make sure that there, there's something for you. The typography definitely has brave references uh, at the same point in time. There's a little bit of a sort of a Doc Wood in the Gwinnett lettering and the Stripers lettering. Yes, it does look like the Braves lettering, but it's got, you know, uh, fish hooks on it. Um, and then even like before I forget, like one of the things that we wanted to do was uh, to really tie it to the Braves brand was to, to create a, a jersey that felt like an old Hank Aaron uh, style jersey. And so we have a, a throwback alternate jersey that instead of having the, um, the, the Braves feather on the sleeve, it is a striper, it's a, it's a bass in the exact same shape as the Braves <laughs> feather on the sleeve. And so, um, you know, we just, we wanted, we wanted something that you could wear that jersey or that shirt um, down in Atlanta at a Braves game and somebody would go, whoa, wait, wait a second, that's the, that's the old Hank Aaron jersey, but yeah. wait a second, that's not the feather, what is that? Right. Next thing you know, there's a five minute advertisement for the Gwinnett Braves or I'm Gwinnett looking, Stripers, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Really, that is a that is a pretty great jersey right there. So, well, Jason, thank you so much. This is fun as always. I'm gonna get yeah. you on the horn again. I've you know I've I've got these episodes lined up for months. So you know I got you on the horn again, and we'll talk about a, a few more of these. Brandios is available on all the social medias and online at Brandios. Jason, thanks so much, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Oh, this was so fun. Thanks, Paul. Oh, it's always fun for me. Welcome back, everybody. Curved Brim Media Month continues. It's week four of Curved Brim Media Month right now, and I'm joined right now by possibly one of the top three nicest people on the planet there's you know there's some real contenders in this minor league baseball community of the nicest person you know but pat larson is definitely in everyone's top three pat is it personifies the the positivity and the the joy of this minor league baseball fandom that we that we all enjoy so much pat does a series an awesome weekly series every wednesday on twitter pat has the minor league baseball hat history series he shares his personal collection of, of baseball caps, which is expansive to say the very least. Pat has been called by Eric Prophet of the Earned Fun Average, the bad boy of curved brim media, because most of Pat's hats actually have the flat brim with the structured top. So we're not going to focus too much on that. But as, as I've mentioned before, every week on Curved Brim Media Month, I'm featuring one of the Curved Brim Media content creators with a connection to the team that we're focusing on this week. So this week, obviously, we're talking about the Gwinnett Stripers. And Pat not only lives right near the, the Gwinnett Stripers and is a Stripers aficionado, even if he is not a Braves fan, but Pat actually sang the national anthem at a Gwinnett Stripers game. So, Pat, thank you for being here after that long introduction. Well, Paul, it's just an honor to be on one of my favorite podcasts. Do you know how much I love the Baseball by Design podcast? And... Uh, I'm a big fan of yours as well, and I'm really just honored to be here talking to you today about baseball and the Gwinnett Stripers. Thank you, Pat. You're, as always, very kind. I knew that was coming, right? Like, I knew you were going to say something kind because that's what you do. Obviously, the very first thing, and I'm sure you get this all the time, since you did it for the Gwinnett Stripers, would you mind just giving us your rendition of the national anthem? One, two, three, go. 
Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there oh say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave unbelievable i absolutely did not think you were going to do that i thought you were just gonna say no 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 i can't you I, for the listener pat just did that from a cold start without hesitating there was no editing there when i asked pat to do that just now from a cold start i i was I was sure you were gonna you were gonna say no 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 I can't. Apologies to anyone if I if I messed up those words in any way shape or form. <laughs> it's an it's the fact that you you tried it and you sang it. It's, uh, you know it's a it's it's such an, an homage and what an amazing thing that you got to do at a Gwinnett Stripers baseball game. Although I will say that you missed the last two words of the national anthem, which are of course play ball. I did. I knew I, I knew that there was something important that I was missing. And the most important words. Uh, right. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. So how yeah. did it come to pass that you ended up singing the national anthem for the Gwinnett Stripers? So back in January, like most teams do, the Gwinnett Stripers came out and they were kind of doing an all call for, you know, on social media, like, would you like to sing the national anthem? And at the time, of course, we had like COVID protocols that were still kind of there. So usually in, in normal years, they would have like an in-person tryout or an in-person audition. But now that now with the advent of technology being what it is, they now do virtual tryouts. So I just, it's always been on my baseball bucket list. Check out Anna DiTomaso's podcast. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's always been on my, on my bucket list to sing the national anthem at a baseball game and specifically at a minor league game. And so I've kind of used like 2022 as kind of a year of, I've always made up excuses of why not to do things Yeah, like, yeah. you know, making up excuses for, for why I, sh why I shouldn't do it. But then, but then if you change that question to like, like, why shouldn't I do it? Yeah. And if you can't come up with enough good reasons, then, you know, that's kind of what's led to a lot of these, um, you know, the videos that I've done is just to try to make a reason to actually do it and take a chance. And so I said, well, you know, let's just, let's just send in a video and see what happens. And yeah. So then I got to do that. And, um, you know, the, the team was, you know, was very welcoming and I got to have my first ever opportunity to sing the national anthem at the Atlanta Braves AAA affiliate, you know, just about 20 minutes down the road from where I live. So I was, you know, really, really excited. Incredible. Minor league baseball, right? Like I said, it so is. cool that you're able to do that. As I mentioned, you do a series on Twitter you have an enormous collection of caps and I'm not going to ask you the question that you get all the time because I know it's always changing and you don't have the exact number, but you have, let's just say more hats than most people have. 
for for the uninitiated, if you're not following Pat on Twitter, you should see Pat every week. He he does a two minute and like eighteen second video because Twitter's limit is two minute and twenty seconds, and so Pat times these these videos perfectly, gives some background on the history of the team. Always super interesting, right? Because it really gives you a sense of how much these minor league teams have moved around over the years, right? So every time a minor league team moves, it's just like, oh, that's sad. Their community's losing their team. This has been happening for a long time. Minor league baseball teams have been moving around. You know, there's a lot of movement. So you get into that. You get into the sort of movement of the franchises. But then you also get into all of the different on-field caps that they wear. And the collection is amazing. And so I don't know how many Gwinnett Stripers caps you just walked out of your back room with, but if you would, it's an audio medium. So we're not going to get to see them the way that we would, you know, on one of your videos. But if you would just sort of run through the Gwinnett Stripers caps that you have. I sure will. And you'll see here, I've actually, before the Stripers, I've got the Gwinnett Braves hats. All right. Which, you know, we'll kind of get past that because we know how we both feel about teams named after their parent clubs. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first one is their uh, is their on on the on their main on field home cap and it's got the actual striper on it so that's one. The, there's like the road cap which has a G that kind of turns into a uh, like a fish hook and you yeah. can see you can see the you can see the striped bass you know you, going out to the baseball lure that's and the G two. looks like a home plate they somehow made the G, the G yes. look like a home plate G looks like a home plate and the G yeah. for Gwinnett of course yeah and then. This is a this is an identity that they had uh, as an alternate identity on field. It's the, what they call the fishtail logo. They yeah. currently don't wear this on field. They kind of they kind of moved this out of the rotation as far as an on field hat. Okay. So it, for the listener, it just has the the tail of the striper of the of the striped bass, um, you know, going into the water, and it's got there's a baseball right next to the fishtail. So that's three. The the version I'm showing now is like a, is called the angry worm logo. And angry worm. And the the worm is the worm is uh, wrapped around a of a, a fishing hook again. Yeah. And they the one that I'm showing is an all navy version that they used to have as an alternate on field, and now they've sw- since switched to with the same logo. They've since switched to a one with a white paneled background. This is personally my favorite logo of theirs. Yeah. Um, which is which you know a lot of people this one kind of divides a lot of opinion. The country it's, is hopelessly divided by the angry worm. Yes, well, at least in my opinion. Uh, and then <laughs> they they never really had an official batting practice cap until about two years ago. Brought this all lime green cap out with the with GWIN, yeah. like the G Win cap is what we always is what we usually call it. It's obviously a short nickname for Gwinnett. Yeah, very loud batting practice hat. Yeah, yeah. I love their. I love how they've embraced the the neon green. Um, I'll go to the different logo. They also participated in the Copa de la Liberación, okay, um, as the as the Cholos de Gwinnett. Cholo is like a is like a dog. It's kind of a what I call like a coral okay. type color. Okay, and it's got like an electric blue um, bill. Yeah, and you know they usually play a, play as that every Wednesday night, so they bring oh, okay. out the Cholos identity okay. quite a bit. Okay, and the Copa de la Diversión. I know we've talked about this on this podcast before, but it is the uh, Spanish language brands that many of the 120 minor league teams have uh, in an attempt to broaden the appeal of minor league baseball to to other fans. And so we've talked about it before, but I want to make sure that we're catching up any newcomers uh, on it. Yeah. So as far as unique logos, that's that that puts us at about six. Okay. Uh, I have other hats, but there's a 
uh, a 2021 Stars and Stripes hat that incorporated that G-Hook logo as well. And then we have an Armed Forces Day hat okay. that has also the G-Hook logo. That's been a popular one. Okay, that's the year. camouflage one. The camouflage one, exactly. Yeah. And then we have the Clubhouse hat. When I talk about a Clubhouse hat, I'm talking about one that has a rubberized logo. And so this is the Clubhouse hat from 2021. And it's got it's got the stripe the, the stripe bass on it the striper, very cool. And then the 2022 version is also rubberized, but it's on a it's it has the logo within the confines of home plate. That is slightly different. Slightly slightly different, but that is all the Gwinnett stripers hats I have. So only a couple, right? What was, <laughs> so what was the final count there? Fifteen. Fifteen caps. That is unbelievable. You know, so this gives some insight into a the work that Brandios does in creating logos, right? Because they they you know their thing is they create a suite of logos that contributes to a larger narrative. So the fact that there are enough logos to create fifteen different caps, granted some of them repeat the logos, but these these large suite of logos are very different from what we used to see in minor league baseball, which was like the primary logo. And the cap logo, and then you would have like script for the chest, basically. And so it's in, you know it's incredible now to see how many logos there are, how many different versions there are of these caps, not just for the consumer but for the players themselves, right? Like, I mean, they're 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 changing uniforms and caps between batting practice and the game, and so the branding out there is kind of incredible. And the the you know even at the minor league level, the 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 sheer volume of options available to the consumer and to the players is incredible oh i think you're absolutely right i mean it's and what brandios does so well is that their suites their logo suites tend to find a little something for everybody so like for example with the Gwinnett stripers logo i think that for the adult i think the basic home cap with the with the striper there is enough to kind of for a for an adult to say that's kind of tame enough for me to to wear right and and then you've got something on the other end of the spectrum like the the G win hat that's in the lime green that's really out there for like the kids and the youth. I mean, that's been a really big seller to the to the younger stripers fans out there. Yeah. And and the good thing about, like I said, what Grandios does is they don't just bring the identities to the jerseys and to the hats. They bring it to the ballpark, right? So right. they always they put the branding throughout, you know, the the ballpark and so that you have an entire experience. I do. I want to. I want to ask you more specifically. We've talked about what it is that you're doing with Curve Rim Media, or well, even before you were with Curve Rim Media, you were out here doing your minor league baseball hat history series on Twitter. So, not a podcast or a YouTube show like our other media members who we've featured so far this month. But can you tell me how you got started on the, the minor league baseball hat history series? Sure. So I kind of got into content creation a little over a year ago. And I, I started doing, I started making videos as a way to kind of work on my public speaking because I've never really felt very, as much as I like to talk, as people who know me can tell you, I've, I was never really confident with my public speaking. So I, I wanted to use, I wanted to start doing videos for two reasons um, on Twitter specifically. Number one is because I wanted to make sure that I could learn how to be more succinct with the things that I say, because I can go on and on and on if you let me. <laughs> and I, and the two minutes and 20 seconds forces me to get to the point. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and then second of all, I wanted to like really think about be intentional about what I was going to say. And so I started doing videos about my favorite soccer team, Chelsea football club out of England. And I've kind of built a little, a little, you know, 
a, a nice following on another Twitter, you know, handle that I have that covers, you know, uh, Chelsea match reviews and match previews and analysis on, on that specific team. What but is then, that Twitter handle? It, it is um, at PTP underscore C O Y D. Okay. But then I've also always loved hats. Mm-hmm. And so I had all, I have all these hats that are here and, you know, you only have one head, so you can only wear, so you can only wear, <laughs> you know, one or two at a time. Right. Yeah. And so I was like, well, I've got to do, I have all these hats and yeah. what, you know, I want to do something with it because I love minor league baseball and my, my, my interest in it, you know, came with like in the era of Brandios coming in to do all these things. And it was it was great. So, you know, your Rocky mountain, tra- your Rocky mountain vibes, your rocket city trash pandas, and it just set off this passion of, about, you know, collecting every minor league team's hats. And I was like, you know, this would be really fun to just talk about. Yeah. And so I, I got on and I, 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 I use, you know, a lot of, a lot of sources, you know, the internet and this great book called the story behind the nickname by a Never great author named, by a, by a great author named Paul Caputo. <laughs> and, you know, all the, so all the, in all seriousness, all the great work that you've done in curating articles for sportslogos.net and, you know, and Chris Creamer and the great team that you guys have there. And, um, you know, I've learned so much from just reading your book and from reading Chris's articles and reading, you know, and just doing a lot of web searching that, I've gotten to learn a lot because of the work that people like you have done, um, you know, in curating that history of, you know, and able to link all those things together. So, so doing those videos is a way for me to kind of chronicle all these teams that we, that we all love as a minor league baseball Twitter community. And it's a way to kind of showcase different teams every week, you know, and the great, the beautiful thing about Kerber media is you'll, you'll do a team and, you know, Ed or Anna or Jim, will will cover a team or you can find them on a map on baseballmapper.com. I mean that that's the good thing is that every week there's there's several teams being covered in some way, shape, or form. We're giving them a platform. And so that's why it's such a blessing for me to be a part of a group with such talented people such as yourself and the other members of Kerber Media. And I really truly believe we're building something special. I believe that we're building something special too. Uh, one of these days, we're going to get you to just accept a compliment rather than trying to deflect it to somebody else, because you're a really good compliment deflector here, for sure. You are an absolute encyclopedia of minor league baseball knowledge. I mean, the stuff that you just pull off the top of your head is just incredible. And so it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. And, and you know, we we limited it to just this one franchise this time. But I think you and I are going to have to to do this again, because it's it's so much fun to talk minor league baseball with you and this is you know it's it's so cool that you got to sing the national anthem at a stripers game i love your hat history series like i genuinely 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 do and i'm really grateful for for our friendship i'm glad we got to spend a day going to two different baseball games in minnesota in june that was incredible and uh, yeah how great was that that was such a that was was such a great thing and many more to come we're gonna we're gonna do this again that's gonna become a regular thing and so you know, Pat, you're, you're a hero of mine. And I'm just, I'm so glad that uh, I finally got you on the podcast and can't wait for lots of baseball games to come and lots of conversations, like the nerdiest conversations that you could possibly imagine about the history of minor league baseball. I love it so much. Um, well, Paul, thanks so much for having me on your, your podcast is one of the best ones out there. Uh, you know, it's part of my routine now. So thanks again for letting me come on and be a part of it. Go follow Pat at Pat Larson one on Twitter and follow the hat history series. It's awesome. You won't regret it if you're not already following Pat, which of course, if you're following me, you're following Pat. So I don't even know why we're, we're saying that Pat, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. 
Thanks so much.